Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Singer-songwriter Vanessa Delane has had an extremely successful career as a New Zealand singer-songwriter. Her newly released fourth album, One Girl Band, 25 Years, has already picked up five prestigious songwriting awards. Her latest single release is Anaheim. Vanessa joins us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about her long and successful career. Hello, Vanessa. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, good afternoon, Greg. Thanks for joining us here, uh, making the round-the-world connection. You are, uh, I believe, Australia, right? Not New Zealand. I am in Australia. That's right. right. Yes. Originally Although from New Zealand. Zealander. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Great. How long have you been in Australia? Oh, we moved here when I was 16. Okay. So hey. quite a while. <laughs> yeah. So you spend the, probably the better part of your life there then. Well, as an adult, mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, your musical journey started uh, when you were in New Zealand or when you got to Australia? How did that happen for you? Well, my dad was a singer, so I grew up with music. Okay. Awesome. Um, but he actually retired shortly after I was born. Uh, but that didn't stop him from singing at fundraisers and um, special events in the community. Uh-huh. So... You know, I got to see him up performing, and it was always very exciting. And, and I knew from a young age that that's what I wanted to do too. So um, we had a lot of parties and went to a lot of parties when I was a child. And so I started singing with my dad probably initially, and then I learned to play guitar and would sing my songs by myself and play the guitar. Yeah. Um, and so that continued on, obviously, for quite a few years. Um Probably the most significant thing was that I recorded my first album when I was in my early 20s. So that was a really, uh, a dream come true because I had always listened to, you know, beautiful singers on the radio and thought, I want to hear my songs on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yes. So um, you... When you got to record your first record, was that um, something you had worked towards? How did that happen for you to get to record your first album in your 20s? Uh, well, I had always been songwriting, so I probably started songwriting maybe. Oh, look, I've got books here, and I'm like 11 years old, you know, so yeah, okay. writing and stuff like that. Nothing that I would publish now because, you know, it takes a while to develop that sort of sure. craft. Yeah. Um, and uh, just before I met the producer that ended up recording me, I had actually been in a car accident and had a bad back injury. And in the process of recovering from that back injury, I'd been in so much pain that I'd been quite suicidal almost. Oh, my. Because um, I just wanted to get over the pain and the medication made me feel ill. So in one of those 
dark moments of despair, I kind of ask myself, what would I miss the most if I didn't, um, you know, couldn't do all the things that I liked? And I actually realized that it was singing and playing my guitar. Wow. And so that became a pivotal moment in that I then used that um, desire and passion of singing and playing my guitar. Every day I made myself sit up for, you know, like a few seconds to begin with, eventually managed to make it through a song. Yeah, that's um, cool. And pushed myself through the pain barrier to basically sing and play my guitar. And somehow in that whole journey of recovering and that practice thing, I was writing songs and somehow I got introduced to this producer and so... Um, I started recording the album and I didn't think I was recording the album at the time I just thought I was recording you know some songs that I was written huh, that I'd written cool. and I was just so delighted that you know he could take a song that I'd written and make it sound so beautiful uh. um, that was just such an, an amazing thing and the whole process of when you're in the studio and you're creating it layer by layer by layer and as someone who'd really only just played guitar at that point, I'd dabbled with piano and violin and stuff, but uh, guitar was my main instrument, apart from vocals. Um, it was just so amazing to see the journey of how these things get created yeah, with yeah. someone who is an amazing musician and who could pick up any instrument uh, and, and make it sound like it belongs on yeah. the song. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yes, and from there I actually got introduced to people who were in the songwriting association in the city of Sydney. Um, and so I would go out to special events that were for songwriters to sing their own songs and that sort of thing. Um, and I started to get a little bit of airplay through the songwriters association. So that was how that started. Have you always been uh, a country blues folk artist? Has that always been your style of music? Well, the interesting thing was Dad was uh, fully into country, you know, like he listened to Hank Snow, Merle Haggard, yeah, John okay. Denver. So yeah. I grew up on all those. But then Dad also went and became a DJ at one point for discos and bar really? dances. <laughs> and so I had Michael Jackson and um, Abba and, and all these village people and all these other influences, um, which initially I don't think impacted my songwriting. But um, when I was in my, like, 18, 19, I found sometimes I'd write a song and it didn't sound country, it sounded more folk. Huh. But I didn't really know what where to put myself in terms of genre. I was just like, oh, that's not a country song. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and after I recorded this first album, I actually went and studied contemporary music performance, where it was a 12-month course, and we had eight genres that we learned. And we had to write songs in those genres. Wow. So we talked about jazz and blues yeah. and... Uh, Oh, gosh, funk, and it was called funk. They were separated out back then. Uh -huh. uh, rock, obviously, and folk, and country, and, you know, there was, oh, even reggae. I, I was terrible at reggae. Um, <laughs> That's but cool, naturally, though. I yeah. found, <laughs> yeah, naturally, I found blues was something that I easily wrote, and it resonated with me as much as the country and the folk. So uh -huh. I was like, oh okay, I, I can write blues songs quite easily. So I'm, it felt natural to sort of incorporate it in what yeah. I did from then on. Yeah. So when you're writing then for these uh, the genres that you've found yourself settled into, are you writing melody first, lyrics first? Does it, does it, is there a pattern? 
typically for me, I come up with melody and lyrics together. I'll be sitting down playing the guitar and something inspiration will hit me and I'll just find something that works together and it'll be line by line. Mm-hmm. So I won't know where the song's going necessarily. Okay. Um, the music will come to me as I'm doing it and I'll be, you know, sometimes quite surprised at what lyrics come out, but I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to let this flow and see how it goes. Um, so some songs can be written as easy as 10 minutes and, and others you sort of end up revising them, you know, a couple of months later and go, actually, this will, this will do with this song. Mm, okay. But I did actually, um, with my third album, I actually was, someone suggested to me, why don't you try writing your album from a theme? So that album, I actually decided the theme before I decided anything else hmm. and set myself the challenge of writing an album based on that theme. So that was a very interesting process because I just put like a whole lot of words on paper and by that time I'd written all the songs for the album, I could tick off that I'd written every single aspect of what that theme would look like to me. Hmm, um, and even the very last song, how that came together, was quite a surprise, but it it completed the list. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you were doing the, the lyrics, were you hearing, feeling, uh, being impressed upon the, the, the uh, music? to the feel of the music was that coming along with those songs oh the feeling is always probably the thing that leads me the most mm-hmm. um like one of the songs i wrote for my third album was called the storm mm-hmm. so i was actually watching a storm ah, roll it cool. in, okay. and these, the song was sort of coming to me as i was feeling the storm move but then i had my story of what the storm was about you know that i mm-hmm. was creating so yeah yeah so when you put that first record together and were uh, was experiencing all of those emotions of watching somebody help you take what you put together and and create the end product. You have then through your career really been able to uh, have some significant acknowledgement uh, with your awards and and the way your songs have charted. Was there any any sense or what did that feel like along the way and, and realizing from where you were and, you know, coming out of that car accident to, to find mm. your music be so successful then? Oh, look, gosh, it's such an amazing feeling. But I've got to say, you know, like back in 1905 when I recorded that album, I didn't have access to the internet. So I would find out about songwriting competitions through country music magazines. Ah, and yeah, I would okay. just sort of entered my songs in because I thought, well, I don't have anything to lose, you know. <laughs> and then to get these awards coming in the mail, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, this is just so awesome. Um, and, you know, obviously, that's not been the first time that's happened, you know, with, with a few of my songs and stuff like that. Um, it's a very, very beautiful acknowledgement, and it really helps you when other people appreciate. It's not just that you appreciate what you do or you yeah. feel fantastic doing it when other people give that appreciation to you you, you just feel like that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's cool so you've got how many records now how many albums have you recorded okay so uh my very first album which is called one girl band i just re-released that this year as one girl band 25 years oh so this is a re-release re-answered. okay yeah that was a re-release, actually, with a few extra songs added in that I never kind of released the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
remastered by the original producer. So I'm counting that as my fourth album, even though it's a re-release. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I actually have one album there that we're in the middle of recording right now. Oh, so is, there's one on the way. Which will be for next year. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah. w- when you re-release this, did you uh, re-record them as well, or just remastering the original tracks? Actually, most of the original tracks were on a DAT tape. I had no way of getting them off the DAT tape myself. I ended up having to get um, Glenn Langford, who's the producer from Sydney, um, to get a DAT tape recorder and actually extract them and uh, clean them up that way. So there was a, it was a double album release. The first album, One Girl Band for 25 Years, um, included all the songs of the DAT tape. The second album that was included in that release, I called The 1995 Sessions, and that was some acoustic tracks of three songs from the same album hmm. that were extracted from a cassette tape that wow. I listened to at Christmas time and went, gosh, I love this cutback version of how Wendy Ford, who sang backing vocals, I love how her voice and mine just weave together. There's not a lot of instrumentation in the background. Like, it's really simple, but it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I just sort of said to Glenn, look, I, I really want to, you know, make this accessible to people. Nobody had heard these versions. I mean, I had just found this cassette tape and put it on. Even my children who have grown up with my music, they came into the room and said, Mum, these are great. We've not heard these versions before. Wow. <laughs> and that was like, yes, you have to let people hear them. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I ended up with a double album. And, um, you know, obviously a massive amount of work for Glenn to remaster the cassette tape, particularly because of tape stretch, right, you know, right. over time and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Cassette tapes uh, didn't have a lot of um, didn't have a lot of history in in their quality <laughs> of, of no. uh, the end result. You know, I, I have boxes of them that I listened to growing up, and you put them, if you can even find a tape player, you know, you put them in, and like, oh, my gosh, how did these things even, how do we tolerate them, you know, with all the tape noise and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's yeah. amazing that they were able to recover them that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's been out for you as a re-release now how long? Well, we released it um, May the 2nd this year, but just let me add one more thing that might be of interest to your listeners. Sure. I actually never thought to re-release this album. It never occurred to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, people had heard the songs over the years and thought, oh, they're really good. Never occurred to me because I was always writing my next album and yeah. focusing on my current music that was out. Yeah. And then in December last year, I found out that one of my songs from my third album, Wild and Free, the one that was the theme one that I wrote, Yeah. Um that one of my songs had actually made it to number two on the chart in Europe, hmm. which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and it was the inspiration for me to go, oh, well, if people really like uh, that song, because it is a story song, mm-hmm. then maybe maybe they might like what's on my, my first album. Like, that was the first time it actually occurred to me hmm. to release it. So I had no idea COVID was going to happen. Um so we set the ball in motion at that point, and, and it took, obviously, five months to get the track remastered, and I am just so fortunate that because of COVID, 
Glenn Langford, the original producer, became available. Oh yeah, okay. To work on it, which was another dream come true because I had been asking Glenn for years, "Can we do another album together?" <laughs> and he was always busy with other projects. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, and then COVID happened, and so he became available, and he was so excited to work on it. Um, and yeah, he's actually done helped with a few tracks on my next album that's coming out next year, which is fantastic. Have you gotten any feedback on this re-release uh, as far as people picking it up? And, yes. and re- yeah. I think the thing is, you know. You don't know what other people are going to think about it. Right. The first song I released was called How Can He Love You, um, which is a little story about, um, you know, a cheating song. Uh-huh. But at the time when I wrote it, I was like, oh, I'm sick of these woe is me cheating songs. Like, <laughs> I just could not bring myself to write another woe is me. So uh-huh. I kind of turned the table and I made it that um, the person telling the story is the person who's doing the cheating. Uh, okay. And she's wanting to tell her best friend that she's cheating on her but she doesn't quite know how to do it. Huh. And so her best friend is ringing her saying, God, I don't know what my husband's doing, blah, 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 blah. And she's saying, how can he love you? Because he's here with me. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, so that little song was the first release and people absolutely loved it. It got very high up in the, the charts in Australia, the US and uh, Europe. Yeah, awesome. Which was wonderful. But yeah. I think, I am still getting told today that that song is getting requested, um, you know, at radio stations because people just love that song so wow. much. Yeah. And so from there, it flowed on that when I released the title track, you know, it went to number two in Europe. Um, it was in the chart in, in the USA for like three months. Um, and awesome. I think also in Europe for a couple of weeks, which is really unheard of because it's extremely competitive. Uh-huh. And did extremely well in the Australian chart. So, yeah, it's been a wonderful year in terms of um, having the time to really let this music get out and getting that feedback from people. And, you know, I'm on my fourth single now from this album in terms of releases, uh, which has just started. And this song is a little bit different to the others, but already I've been told that it's a dark horse. So, Mm, you know, I'm waiting to see how it goes. So the... The one that you're working on for next year will be the next release. Is it the the um, the the feel and the style the same? Are you sticking with the same kind of country western folk feel, or or is that changing a little bit? The songs that are going on the album next year are actually songs that I've been playing live for about five years with my guitarist. Um, okay. I had to write a whole lot of songs to sort of fill up our set. <laughs> and, and so you, you, you feel for what you, 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 your set needs and stuff like that, yeah. and what the audience will appreciate. Sure. Um, and so people have been requesting these songs for a while because they, they hear us play them live and they want to go home and listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is I would say it's somewhere between my third and my first album. It's almost like, not knowing it when I wrote these, there's, there's a little bit more country in it. Um, so people who have really liked their first album will really appreciate these songs. Yeah. Um, but it's not as far field as Wild and Free because I was obviously stretching boundaries with that album yeah. to push, you know, the limits. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to be really 
sit comfortably for people with what they've heard from me so far. Yeah. And my, you know, my songwriting style, when they've heard How Can He Love You, they know I'm a bit cheeky. <laughs> um, and they'll find that cheekiness, you know, in a couple of songs on the next album. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I certainly um, wish you well with it. It's I'm it's so cool to hear the story and and how how you reconnected with the with the first record and and have been able to bring that out and and find so much success with it. If people want to um, find that speak with you want to want to get a copy of that record what's the best way to do that well my website is www.vanessadelaine.com and from there if people want physical copies or to download it they can get it from there um also it is available on all digital platforms as well so they can they can get that as well or you know they can contact me on facebook or um, Instagram or, yeah, or Twitter. Good. All, all the outlets. Yeah. 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 yeah that's awesome. Right. Well, thank you, Vanessa. This has been fun and I, I wish you well with it. And um, hopefully, uh, sooner than later, you'll get a chance to get back out on the road with, with those songs and, and maybe make it make it over here to the U.S. to bring that music too. Thank you. That would be awesome. I'd love to go back and, you know, come to the U.S. and do some singing there. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.